Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. Pastor Michael Epton's going to share with us. So, Father, as we come with open hearts, open ears, Lord, we want to receive what you've placed in Michael's heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. It's always a privilege to be able to share and indeed to remember. And, you know, sitting in this place and Yvonne and myself, we have long memory of this church, not the building, we've known about this, of course, for many years, but because it was a place where people came to Christ, lives were changed, and the family of God is something that moves on and is always progressing. We're grateful that the Lord is so wonderful and Jesus loves us so much. And I'm just taking one verse of scripture only to just, as it were, bring the service this morning to a conclusion. And it's Hebrews 10 and verse 10. If you brought your Bible, well done. If you've got your electronic thingamajig, well, God bless you. <laughs> this is what the scripture says. We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. There's the thing. When we remember all of these awful situations that happened over the last hundred years or so, we saw the sacrifices that people made, men and women and even young people who died in awful situations. The theme or the purpose was that it would be something that would bring peace and there'd be a lasting evidence of that. Tragically, it wasn't once and for all. There was another war just a few years later and the Elim Fellowship one of, we're one of those churches, they started in between that, the end of that first war and the beginning of the next one. And a man called George Jeffries was touched by God and filled with the Holy Spirit, and he went across the whole nation, reviving and preaching and seeing miracles and signs and wonders, and that's the foundation of the Elim Pentecostal Church. We believe that Jesus is the Savior yesterday, today, and forever. But when we look at this scripture here, it clearly says that when Jesus came and his sacrifice was not something that was temporary. It wasn't something that over a hundred years we would have to be really going out of our way almost to remember what he did was something for all eternity. What he did, the scripture says, it was once and for all. Now, you can look at that in many ways. He died the once. But the amazing thing we know, of course, is that it didn't just end there, did it? Because he, being the king of all glory, and in this scripture in Hebrews 10, read it when you go home, when you stir in the gravy. It'll be a good thing to read. And you'll see there that it says, Jesus is making the comment that Father God gave him, made him a body that he could come into this world to be able to share in humankind and know all of the foibles of the humanity, the good, the bad, and the indifferent. 
But Jesus did this, and he knew that the ultimate game, the, whole, the ultimate aim, was for him to die. And he was only here on this planet for 33 and a half years. And out of that 33 and a half years, only three and a half years were actually spent ministering, witnessing, healing, seeing the signs and the wonders that he came to do. It was just three and a half years. It's quite amazing when you think about time and how it kind of escapes us. We were, Yvonne and myself were just rehearsing as we've just moved into a house in San Diego to be nearer the church, so we don't have too far to walk. And to be able to do, it's, it's a smaller house, so it's causing chaos, but you don't want to know about that. The, the reality is, however, that we were rehearsing the fact that, you know, three and a half years, when we were asked to go from here, all those years ago when we first got married to Lincoln, we were only there for six years. Then we went to Crewe, we were there for four and a half years. Then we went to Dundee and we were there for six years, and then Edinburgh for 12 years. And then I was asked to become the superintendent minister of the southwest of England and the Channel Islands, and we were down there for 25 years. And then we came back to Hina. Strange place. <laughs> well, there's no buses. You know, I mean, Yvonne's family lives in San Diego, but to them it's a major, major journey. Well, you've got to get two buses, you see. But there we are. And we've been in that house for four years. And when you think about that time, we came and we've been there four years and Jesus was only on this planet literally working and ministering and sharing with people for less than that time. Yet in that time, he had this purpose to get to that point. And when he was in Gethsemane, and I've been privileged to be there, I've preached in Gethsemane. And he was there and he, he came to the point and he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He knew his purpose. He knew what he had to do. So Jesus then went to the cross and was crucified. He had to come into our world at that time because crucifixion was not a common element in other periods of history. So he had to come and die when it was there because in Isaiah, the book written 600 years before Jesus, it made it clear that he would have wounds in his hands and his feet and his side would be pierced. So all these things fitted together deliberately and he died an agonizing, awful death. They put a crown of thorns upon his head. And when you get thorns and you make and you can plait a crown of thorns, in fact, in our church in Edinburgh, a man got saved just a few days before one of the Easter's. He was so moved by what we were talking about with the crown of thorns, he went up to the highlands and plaited a crown of thorns over the next 48 hours. And on Resurrection Sunday morning, he came and presented it to me. And I thought, oh... We're here to have a resurrection morning. We're going to be full of joy. We're going to thank Jesus because he didn't just die, but he rose again from the dead. And he's brought me a crown of thorns. Oh, they were real. And I thought, what am I going to do? And he put it on the communion table. And I, I thought, Father, what am I going to do? And the Holy Spirit said to me, Michael, let the people see it. And I thought, how am I going to do that? Anyway, we, we took it off. I got one of my men to do that. And I said, to the people, right, we have something special right now. Hold out your hands, do not grasp what is coming to you, just let it pass you and pass it on. I thought, Father, I hope this works because we're going to have blood everywhere. 
But he did. And I was doing what I always do in those circumstances, just quietly standing there and closing my eyes and thanking the Saviour for his love and his power and majesty. And then all of a sudden I realised the crown of thorns was back. Our church seated 480. It had gone round up the church and over the balcony and back down again. And I thought, it's quiet. In the church, everybody was there. Tears rolling down their cheeks. Everybody was just moved with the absolute awesome reality that that crown of thorns was forced upon Jesus' head. And because it was going to be on there for some time in their heat as it was out there, it would shrink and crush his brow. That's the suffering Jesus had. What he did. But he did it knowing this, that once he had done it, it would just be that one moment, that's all it needed. And then he knew that there would come a moment. When they took him down from the cross and laid him in that garden, in that tomb, I've been there too, and stood at that entrance, even to this day, you feel the power of God. That's the reality. They took him, they took him down and they dressed him as you would know, and they were put in that garden tomb. And then on that third day, this miracle took place. That stone was rolled away, not by human hand, but by the power, divine power of the Holy God. And Jesus calmly walked out and folded those clothes up. He was always very tidy, by the way. And he walked out and left them there. And then, of course, he spoke to Mary in the garden, and it goes on, and met with disciples and so on. And I'm just glad that he had that wonderful moment as a resurrected saviour, he had died, he had given his life, he'd gone through an awful death, but he rose again. And here's the thing, what he did that day was just that once only, but it still applies today. Because it was once and for all, all time, all people, all nations. We think of the fact of what is happening out in Ukraine at this time and the awfulness of what's going on there. People are still dying to this day in wars and so on. The Bible says that these things will happen nearer to the time of the coming of Jesus Christ back to this earth to be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Don't be surprised by it. We don't like to see it. It's an awful thing. But remember, it's part of the overall plan. But Jesus, who is Lord... He's alive today, and he loves every one of us here. He did it once for everybody. When I was a little boy, which was four years old, in the Beeston Church, where my father at that time was the superintendent, and I gave my life to Jesus in this children's crusade, just four years old. And I just knew that Jesus loved me. Now, I did not know all about the Bible, Yes, I was living in a Christian home. Of course I was. But, but I, I didn't know all about the Bible. I, I just knew that Jesus died, that he rose from the dead, and that he loved me. Well, that in itself was a major revelation to a four-year-old. And I was so happy about that that when we were getting on the bus to come back from Beeston, back to Long Eaton, because we lived just off Derby Road there, and, you know, the, the conductor, the bus conductor, because they had, they had a man, you know, boys and girls, in those days, he used to come round with a thingy around his neck and he gave you a ticket. And you got to have that, otherwise you had to get off. And he would come round and, of course, I would always sing. I, I'm 
I'm terrible for this. It, I'm not good, but I used to think. And he said to my mother, he said, he's a chirpy little fellow, isn't he? And he looked at me and he said, you're a very happy little boy. Why is that? And I looked at him and said, because Jesus loves me. Four years old. Eight years old, front garden of that same house where we were, I had meetings following my father's footsteps, as you do. Young children came. And just a few years ago, in this building, a lady came when I was visiting up here. And she said, you won't remember me, Michael, but I was in that front garden and I gave my life to Jesus and I'm still going on for him today. Now, that is amazing, eight years old. So boys and girls, what I'm saying to you is this, what Jesus did, he did it for you as well. He loves you so much, you'll never really know how much. But remember, he did it, he only died the once because he rose again from the dead and he's alive today in the heavens, but the power of his spirit is right here today. When you're walking down the street, understand this, you can walk down the street and you can know that he's walking by your side, by the power of the Holy Spirit, because he is the eternal God. Once and for all. And I pray you'll remember that. Take it with you. We do recognize all the sacrifice of humankind. But what we know is this, the sacrifice that Jesus made has revolutionized the whole world and has given us a future that is hopeful, has purpose, and we can look up to the heavens. You know, the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. And you might think, why would you do that? Because when you lift your eyes to the hills, to a higher elevation, you're looking to the sky. Because there, beyond all these probes and things that are spinning out there, looking for all the evidence of how it all began, God bless them. The fact still remains that he is Lord, master of everything. And on this day, I want you to remember that. May the Lord bless you. Thank you.